0: have come together to stand between God and that place, calling for the kingdom of God to come on the earth, that his will would be done. No other agenda, no other kingdom rule or reign in that place, but only the kingdom of God. And so long for that, for a place where you live or where you work, then you might be a house of prayer because you are there recognizing your priestly role as a believer in Jesus Christ. And you are mediating, asking God to come and manifest his glorious presence in that place. And so that that really is the purpose uh, of a house of prayer. That's why it exists to see the redemptive presence of God break in upon a community until the whole will of God is done in that place as it is in heaven. Why does that matter? You know, as I look at the scripture in Hosea 4, I'm going I'm to read a, a couple of verses from Hosea 4 in just a moment. I'm not going to have that scripture for you on the screen because I just felt this morning that I should, I should read it. But, you know, Hosea 4, I believe, is kind of a de- depiction of a place where the kingdom of the world is ruling and the kingdom of God is having second place or third place. It's just kind of being pushed out of the way. And, and so I, I want to just, um, I want to I read that for a moment because I think it speaks to this whole idea of why this matters. And so uh, here's what it says in Hosea chapter four, hear the word of the Lord, O children of Israel. For the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. There is no faithfulness or steadfast love and no knowledge of God in the land. There is swearing, lying, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. Therefore the land mourns and all who dwell in it languish. And also the beasts of the field and the birds of the heavens and even the fish of the sea. Does that sound like a place where the kingdom of God is ruling and reigning? Absolutely not. It's obvious that here's a place that's really under the curse of the kingdoms of the world. It's not only impacting the people who dwell there, but the land itself itself is feeling that curse. You know, this the scripture in the New Testament talks about how that the earth groans, waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. That groaning Is because it's a world under the curse of sin and it's longing. It's longing to be restored to that creative place where God created it to be a a kingdom of the Lord. And His rule and His reign is over that place. And therefore, His blessing is upon the land. I believe this is a picture of a land that's groaning, waiting for the kingdom of God to be manifest. That's why it matters, friends. Did you ever... You ever hear the land around you groan? You ever hear the land mourn? You know, I'm not I'm not trying to be silly. Tried in a spiritual sense to just listen in a spiritual realm, listen to the earth, listen to the land. You know, scripture tells that the trees of the field clap their hands in worship? You know, God, when he challenged Israel, he said, I'm going to hold heaven and earth as a witness before you. I offered you life. You can choose life or you can choose death. And God said that he's going to hold the earth as a witness over Israel. Think of that. You know, the land can sense whether the people that dwell in the land are worshiping God or they're worshiping another kingdom. There have been times when I've just sat... In meditation, and just trying to listen to the land and and wonder is the land mourning, or is it is it sensing the blessing of and the presence the manifest glory of god 's presence on the earth and here 's a place i, I it, this sounds a little bit like the place where I live, you know what 's so convicting about these verses. I paused before verse 4, but here's what verse 4 says. Yet let no one contend and let none accuse. For with you is my contention, O priest. I'm not sure I understand what all that verse is saying, but, but I do believe at the very least it's a reprimand of the priesthood. And that that what is happening in the land is a picture of what's happening in the heart of a priest. And as I, as I share what's on my heart today, as, I, as we talk about this matter, becoming a house of, of prayer, of, of living in a place of mediation between God and His glorious presence in the land where I live, my little corner of the world, your little corner of the world, It matters whether we are fulfilling our priestly role. And so everything I say today really hinges on this premise. I think this has to be the basis of everything I'm going to share, or or none of it holds water. Do you believe in the priesthood of believers? I believe it's one of the most basic, fundamental. Um, elements of our faith to understand that we are a kingdom of priests. First Peter says it this way. It says, but you are a chosen, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We've been called out of darkness And if we've been called, then we have a place as a royal priesthood. We're chosen for this this lifestyle. You and I are truly a kingdom of priests. And it says that we're a royal priesthood, a kingly priesthood. That says to me that there is authority. And as priests of the living God, we have been given authority because it's his kingdom rule. His kingdom that reigns over where we dwell, over where we function as a chosen people, as a royal priesthood. God has given us authority in the name of Jesus. And so I I pray that by the Holy Spirit, we'll be challenged today. We'll be challenged today to allow the Lord to examine our hearts. We'll be challenged today to, to listen in the spiritual realm to the land upon which we dwell. Is it groaning or is it thriving under the glory of the rule and reign? Of the kingdom of priests. And you've been brought from darkness to light. Praise his name. You know, it's something when you share the goodness of the Lord, when you tell someone else about the goodness of the Lord and you speak out of a life that's been made new, when you speak out of a life that's been brought out of darkness into light. I had a young man uh, that I invited into my home the other day and he was uh, had been doing some fishing on our property there. I knew he was very hot and I offered him some water and said, come on in. I got some bottled water in the refrigerator, and he came in, and, and he was sitting there. And we were just visiting a little bit, and and uh, Cindy was getting some water, and, and uh, I um, began to talk to him, and, and we were talking about a life that can be changed, and uh, many of you have met uh, Samantha and Candace, the two interns that uh, function in our ministry. In fact, they've been here. One of them, I think, Candace maybe was with us one day and shared a testimony as we as we came here to the journey. But um, I I, I mention them because this young man knew them very well. I was just talking about how how differently a life can be changed by the power of God, and I knew that he knew them. And I said, you know, I'm, what I'm talking about. The two interns in our ministry, and he, and he shook his head yes, and he, and he said, Denny, you have no earthly idea how much those two young women have been changed. He's probably right. <laughs> I do have a pretty good idea, but you see, he was with them when they were living under the realm of the kingdom of darkness. He saw how they lived apart from God. And now he's seen the difference God has made in their life. And he's saying to me, you really have no clue how much those women have been changed. But the point was they've been changed. The point was they've been brought out of darkness into God's marvelous light. And they can speak to this young man and others about the excellencies of God and how God has moved so powerfully in them. What a tremendous opportunity we have as a royal priesthood to declare the goodness of God. I want to talk in the rest of this message about our role as a royal priesthood. And and I, I see three things that really stand out. And it comes from Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 8. I want to read that. I think we have the scripture for you. It says this. At that time, the Lord set apart the tribe of Lord to minister to him and to bless in his name to this day. So I see three priorities here of the priesthood, of royal priesthood. The first one is this, to carry the presence of the Lord. To carry the presence of the Lord. When we talk about the ark of the presence and that's really what it is the ark of the covenant was synonymous with the presence of God that's where God chose to dwell his glory his power dwelt upon that that ark and so it was referred to as the ark of the covenant the ark of the presence and it really was synonymous with that in fact this powerful scripture is in 1 Samuel 6:20 I'll just give you a real quick background on this. The Ark of the Covenant had been taken. It had been captured by the enemies of Israel. The Philistine army had captured the Ark. And they took it to a place, a, a city, Beth Shemesh, was where the Ark was resting. And the, the Philistines came to a place where they were, they were wanting to get rid of the Ark of the Presence. They did not want to be around this Ark anymore, and they didn't want it in their city. Why? 50,000 of their men were struck dead simply because they looked into the Ark. And here's what they said in, in verse 20 of First Samuel 6. They said, then, then the men of Israel, or I'm sorry, the men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before the Lord, this holy God? And to whom shall he go up away from us? You see, they didn't say, who, who, where, Whom are we going to send the ark to? They said, whom, To whom will he go up from us? They were talking about the presence of the Lord, the Lord the Almighty. Where are we going to send this God who can stand before him? They're not talking about a crate. They're talking about the presence of the Lord, the Almighty God, the Lord God, Jehovah of Israel. And that his presence in their midst was so dangerous to them that they, they wanted that ark out of there. And all I'm saying in this first point is that it was the role of the priesthood to carry the ark, the presence of the Lord. And so think about this, that you and I, as a royal priesthood, our role is to take out that assignment, that role in terms of a house of prayer. Remember, a house of prayer is a place, may just be a person or two or three, that is that, that has chosen to fulfill this priestly role of mediation between a city, a community, a school, a workplace, to stand between that place and God and cry out for God to manifest his glory, his presence, his power, his blessing on this place. For you and I to fulfill our role as a royal priesthood in our little corner of the world. first part of our role is to carry the presence of the Lord. What does that look like? You know, you can probably answer that as, as well as I. What does it look like for you to carry the presence of the Lord in your workplace? If you're a student, what does it look like for you to carry the presence of the Lord into your classroom? Or, or to the neighbors on your street? What does it look like to carry the presence of the Lord to your neighbors, your neighborhood? One thing I'm learning is that if I'm going to carry the presence of the Lord, then I need to be of the Lord to impact my life. I, I prayed for years, God, come and change our city. For 15 years, I met with pastors, some every week, to pray, God, change our city. I don't know why it took so long, but God began finally to change me. Because that's where it begins, right? I I need to be changed. You see, I've got to recognize my role before God that, If I've been enlightened, I'm enrolled. (laughs) I heard Stuart Briscoe say that one time. You know, we like to say, "Well, you know, it's just not my gift. That's for the pastor. That's for the 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 small group leader. That's for someone else to do." But my friends, we are a royal priesthood. If we have come to know the grace, saving grace of Jesus Christ upon our life, we're enrolled. And so, my first function is to carry the presence of the Lord. And to do so, I need His presence in my life. And so, that, that involves a, a posturing, if you will, of our life before the Lord. I, I love the heart of, of Old Testament. You know, people like Jacob, who wrestled with God, Jacob said, I'm not going to let go. I won't let go until you bless me. Or Moses, who, who God hid in a cleft of the rock because Moses was insisting, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. God knew that he, if he saw his glory, he wouldn't survive. So he put Moses in the cleft of this rock. And God, the presence of the Lord passed by so Moses could see his back. But his heart was, show me your glory. Uh, David said, this one thing I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. See, if we're going to carry the presence of the Lord, we, we need to be in his presence. My friend, I'm talking about something that's this just is not just pie in the sky. This is not something that we can hope for but never really experience. The truth of God in Second Corinthians three eighteen. Listen to these words. This is following that description of Moses as Moses' face shone from the, his being with the glory of, the, of God's presence. And you recall how how he had to put Israel couldn't couldn't look upon his face, and and yet that that glory that brightness began to fade, and, and Moses kept the veil on. Um, it was easy to keep the veil on because the veil was there when his face was shining so brightly, but even as the glory was fading, he kept the veil on. Yeah, I think he was just trying to kind of play this role, if you will. But Paul says this in 2 Corinthians three eighteen that that We all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to work in us to change our very countenance that because we're in the presence of the Lord... The glory of the Lord will shine through. It will shine in our hearts. It will it'll even impact our countenance. And it happens from glory to glory. You may feel like today, I, I'm not there yet. And you know what? I feel that way. I feel that way. I, I was touched by the word that God gave Brother Herman today. Because sometimes I find myself in that place. The reality is, my friend, that we are... Taken from glory to glory in God's presence. And God can bring us to that place where we truly can be carriers of the presence of the Lord. That's our calling, it's our role as priests of God. Jesus said to his disciples when he sent them out heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. Raise, what was the other one? Cast out demons, thank you. Freely you have received, freely give. You see, we have something to give, we have something to carry. As the children of Israel gathered for a great feast on the last day of the feast Jesus has the audacity to stand up in the crowd and cry out in a loud loud voice is anyone thirsty come to me and drink you know I'd have thought after seven days of incredible worship and praising God and feasting that they would have they would have been satisfied but Jesus knew that even after And his his admonition was, come to me and drink. And out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. That's where God wants us to live, you see. And then that river just splashes on the people around us. It splashes on those in our little corner of the world. Our workplace, our school, our street, our block, our neighborhood, our city. Our role as a royal priesthood is to carry the presence of the lord the second rule the second is to stand before the lord and minister to him the posture here is interesting to me it's to stand it's not to sit or or to kneel but to stand in the presence of the lord and i think that posture suggests a readiness not a readiness to go do my agenda but a readiness to obey the Lord. Whatever the Lord says, whatever the Spirit of God breathes into your spirit, you're ready to go and obey Him. And so you're standing in the presence of the Lord to stand before the Lord and to minister to Him. Not not just to fulfill a religious activity. It's not... And, and, you know, that's one, of the, that's one of the areas for me where it's easy easy to err. That I can find myself falling prey to a spirit of activism. Why? Because there's just so many needs where I live. And, and there are wonderful, godly Christian people that come to me often and say, we want to help you do this. We just feel like Hazy Hollow needs this. Or that. And so they're ready. They're rolling up their sleeves. And you know, maybe the pastor preached a, a roaring sermon and they feel like, man, we want to do something for God, you know? And often all God wants me to do is stand in his presence and just minister to him. But I have all this spiritual activism going on around because we just want to do something for God. When when our role, if we're going to be carriers of his presence, is to stand in his presence and minister to him to glorify the lord david said i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth i read i referred to this verse earlier psalm 27:4 one thing i ask of the lord this is what i seek That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my temple. This was his agenda. This is what he was there to do. To seek the glory of the Lord. To worship him. To cry out with his mouth. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. To stand in before the Lord in his presence and to minister to him. It's our role as a royal priesthood. You know, it's a little bit like the Mary and Martha that we see in the Scripture. Martha was, Martha had such a heart of service. She just wanted everybody to, to feel good around her and she wanted to serve them and she was so busy doing all these things and cooking this wonderful meal for Jesus. And Martha's like, oh, Jesus, look at my sister. She's kind of sitting around at your feet, not doing anything. Tell her to help me. And, Jesus just, he just says, Martha, you're worried about all these agendas. It's all this stuff that you, you're, you're anxious about. Mary has chosen the one thing, the greater thing, and it won't be taken from her. to minister to the Lord. Huey Matheson said this, the primary reason God restores and transforms people and communities is to be glorified in them. It brings Him glory. When we testify of the goodness of the Lord, the excellencies of the Lord, because of how he has brought us out of darkness into light. When people do that, it just gives glory to Jesus. He's the only one worthy of that glory. He's the only one who can change a heart. Amen? He's worthy of it all. So we give him glory. We stand and minister to Him, giving Him glory. Can you see yourself in that place? Can you see yourself mediating between the glorious presence of God and the place where you work? Think of it, of just walking into the door and saying, Oh, Lord, I worship your presence in this place. You know, it may be a financial institution or a worldly institution where it seems like the kingdom of darkness just has ruled and reigned for so long. Begin to say, Lord, every place I set my foot, I claim it's yours because your word declares that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And so I just glorify you. I magnify your presence, Lord. Let your glory be seen in this place. What are you doing? You're fulfilling your role as a royal priesthood. You're standing there mediating between God and your little corner of the world. But you are blessing the Lord. You're ministering to his presence. Jeremiah 33, 9 says this, And this city shall be to me a, a name of joy, a praise, and a glory before all the nations of the earth who shall hear of all the good that I do for them. They shall fear and tremble because of all the good and all the prosperity I provide for it. You see, that that is when... Israel, when Jerusalem is living in the glory of the Lord. That's when it's at its rightful places, living under the kingship of Almighty God, that He His kingdom rules and reigns. His will is being done on the earth in that place as freely as His will is accomplished. That's why He's called us as a kingdom of priests. That's why He's said, you're a royal priesthood. As we stand before the Lord and minister to him, he is glorified. He is magnified in all of the great things he has done on behalf of our life, on behalf of the community where we live. Here's the last role. I believe as a royal priesthood, we are to bless in his name. That's the last of that scripture, that we are to bless in his name. You know, God, God commanded Moses in Numbers chapter 6, starting at verse 23, it says this. God said, Moses, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them. Okay, so notice, God is establishing the priesthood. God is establishing Aaron as the high priest and his sons as priests. And God is saying to Moses, tell them they're to bless the people. And this is how they are to bless the people. And this is a familiar blessing to many of us. Upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. To put his name upon the people, that's a powerful, powerful thing. You, if you know God, you're a son or a daughter of God, you're not an orphan. You're not a slave. You're a child of God. He is not ashamed to put his name on you. And Jesus is not ashamed to call you as a brother or sister. People who have no one to speak for them, God is willing to speak for them. He's willing to claim them as his own. And he did that for, for most of you, perhaps. God is saying, I will be your God and you will be my people. Priestly role. As we stand as mediators between God and the place where we live, our corner of the world, place where we work or go to school. We can stand there and bless in his name. As I came in, I put some little cards on the table. And you may not have picked one up, but over here where you have the your worship folder and other things, announcements and what have you. I put these little cards. There's a front and back uh, of some, I, I believe, some uh, helpful um Information that, that I think will be a blessing to you. But I put on one side um, the title of Priestly Blessing, and I put this acronym, and I've got it for you here on the screen. It, it's an acronym of the word bless. And so as you, as you stand in your priestly role, you can bless the people that you live around or work around or go to school with, and, and you can use this acronym. You can bless their body which would be their health, their protection, their strength. And so you're just declaring, in the name of Jesus, I bless the people that I work with. And, and you can just kind of full, fill in the blank there, their health, their protection, their strength, their labor. I bless the work of their hands. I bless them in Jesus' name to prosper under the goodness of God. You know what? They may not know Jesus from their neighbor. But as a royal priesthood, you are bearing intercession. You are mediating between them and God. And you are declaring the kingdom of God come and the will of God be done on the earth in this workplace as freely as it's done in heaven. And so you're declaring that. Do you think God would be pleased if he could bless, so bless the work of their hands that they would turn to God and they would give him praise and give him glory and serve him the rest of their days? Do you think that would make God happy? I think God's just waiting for that. And I think God's waiting for a people that know him. To fulfill their God given role as a priesthood in that place, and so you just begin to bless them in the name of Jesus. I bless the work of your hands, your labor. I I bless you with income, with their emotional life, uh, their their peace. And one of the things that I I have done is just brings to mind. I put uh, some of just uh, some of the Compound names of God. And this is just a, uh, it's an English version. And I have put a uh, more of a um, a paraphrase of that name. I, I didn't, it's not an attempt to translate it from Hebrew to, to, to English and be totally accurate. It, it's more of a paraphrase. For instance, uh, Jehovah Jireh. Or it could be Yahweh, Jirah. I'm not using the Hebrew pronunciation there. I'm just using a simple English pronunciation. And the word means, I am the Lord, your provider. Or the Lord provi- who is a provider. The Lord, your provider. But I'm just saying it from God's... Um, perspective I am the Lord and that's what he said to to Moses I am tell Pharaoh I am that I am okay so that is the 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 name of God I am and God said I am the Lord who provides I am the Lord your peace and so what would it be like to just speak over your workplace and over the people that you go to school with or the people you live next to are Jehovah Shalom over my neighbors. That they know you as Jehovah Shalom. They know you as their peace. I think of this. I love the words in Isaiah where it says, for, we're familiar with the words, for by his stripes we are healed. What's the verse right before that? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. I want you to think about that. Jesus, by his shed blood on the cross, paid the price, the penalty, so that you... And your neighbors could live in peace. The peace of God that transcends all understanding. The peace that guards our heart and our mind. We won't lose heart because the peace of God guards our heart. We won't be anxious in our mind because the peace of God guards our mind. That's the peace Jesus died for. And he died that you could have that peace and your neighbor, your co-worker could live in that peace. And so you're just blessing them. Jehovah Shalom in all his fullness. And you just continue to fulfill that acronym as you speak that blessing over your co-workers. On the the back of this card, I've... I've given you a, a little tool to pick five people. Write down the names of five people and just pray for them for five minutes a day for five weeks. And, and use that blessing. Speak blessing. You know, you're, you're mediating. You're fulfilling that role. Oh, God, in the name of your son, Jesus, bless. Bless so and so. And and sometimes I'll do that, and I'll speak that name. Oh, Lord, reveal yourself as Jehovah Shalom to my next-door neighbor. Let him know you in all your peace. You know, and so five five names here that you can pray for, and I've given you some hints as to how you might go about picking uh, those names. Do you know someone who has stopped being a worshiper? Is there someone... You find it easy to talk to, who is the most unlikely person you know, tightest, tiniest nudge would claim Christ? Uh, some other little helps like that for you to uh, uh, to write down those and I, I want to encourage you to take that little card they're there, there on the table and and just say, lord help me help me for five weeks." Just to begin to fulfill my role in a way that perhaps I've never endeavored to do before. I want to be that royal priesthood that you have said that I am in your word. I close with this verse in Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen. All the day and all the night they shall never be silent. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. I've said to the Lord, Lord, I don't want to stop crying out to you until you make Hazy Hollow a place. A place that is a praise in the earth. No longer, no longer will you be called forsaken. <laughs> For you will be called, my delight is in her. And to the Lord your land will be married. I just, I just pray that over my community. And I, I want to challenge you with those words. As a watchman on the wall, as a kingdom of priests, as a royal priesthood, make it your heart's desire to fulfill that role, to mediate between God and your corner of the world. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you To be a carrier of God's presence where you live and work. To stand before the Lord and minister to him, even in that place. And to bless in his name those around you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Bow your head with me. I want to say a prayer and then I'm going to turn it over to to Steve. Humble ourselves before you this day. Our hearts are full of praise to you as we have come and worshiped you. You are worthy. For one day back when you brought us out of darkness into your marvelous light and our lives have never been the same. God, you've chosen us and you have declared that we are a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood. We've been given authority to fulfill the role that you have given us. Help us this day. And in the days ahead, to fulfill that role, as you empower us with your Holy Spirit, that you may be glorified and honored in all that's accomplished. We ask it in the name of our Savior, Jesus. Let the people say amen.